All right. Hello again. I am Danielle McCormick. I am the host of the Sweet Spark podcast, and I have my amazing co-host here, Miss Katie Levins. Hello, ma'am. Hi, friends. How are you today? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much. Well, we are, we've been talking about quiet quitting. We've been talking about how to tell a story. And um, we are actually going to go into next week, we're going to go into the resume writing and um, the pieces that you can, how to tell your story first, and then to put it into bullet points so it's really a cohesive story. However, uh, we decided that given the upcoming Veterans Day weekend and Veterans Day holiday, that we wanted to actually interject here in the middle of this series and talk about managing veterans, having veterans on your team. And um, the blog actually is in the entire uh, the entire title of this is "We Come in Peace" <laughs> and not how to <laughs> how to not alienate uh, your veteran population within your organization because just like anyone else, they want to be accepted, and um, we just want to really support that here. <clears throat> Sweet Spark Immersive Insights that's our our other side of the business, and we just advocate very strongly for our veterans. We're very grateful for our veterans, and uh, we want to help spread the good word on how to best manage veterans in organizations, as well as just get away from stupid shit you're doing um, that makes it harder for them to be in your organization. So that's really what we're talking about today, and Miss Katie is actually married to a veteran, so we are very thankful, and we hold veterans very close to our heart. Absolutely. I'm proud of my veteran. Yes, absolutely. Um, so one of the first things that we wanted to talk about is around accommodations and where businesses many times say, yes, we make accommodations. We, you know, really thrive and, and want our veterans to thrive here. And so we will, we will work through whatever it is you need, whether it's a disability, whether it's whatever. And then we see that they are buried in paperwork they're sent to the, you know, disability and leave department to shuffle more paperwork. And really where I find that to be disheartening is it's like, it's not like veterans are any stranger to mountains of ridiculous paperwork given the VA, TRICARE, like all kinds of crazy things that they're constantly put through endless processes of review. When if it's just a simple accommodation, and many times it is, at least now, Everybody has their own things and there's, you know, a bell curve to every population. But on the whole, in most places where I have worked, they are very minor things. Um, it may be <clears throat> a certain type of chair, whether that's a straight back chair because there's a back injury, whether that's a workout ball because there's a hip injury or something like that, or a standing desk because you've been blown up a couple times, <laughs> um, you know, and it's ache. just joints just ache and you've been thrown out of airplanes and you've been to jump school and those never a soft landing, you know, things <laughs> like that. And it's just like, I, I mean, it's been a hard road. Like it's a hard body to, you know, uh, to, to serve in that manner and ruck all that gear around and all that kind of stuff. And so on the whole, we see that these accommodation requests are really pretty minor and for me, I find that just overcomplicating this process is maddening. I, I really find it maddening. Um, and I think that where things, you know, even in other business dealings, Katie, you and I have talked about where things get like lawyered over, you know, I feel like in a lot of ways that the humanity and 
common sense of what these accommodations and requests are are getting lawyered over in such a way that it's like, this, this shit doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you going to make me go to a doctor and go do this and go do that for a chair? Yeah. Like, it's it, no. Well, it's, what breaks my brain a little bit is that <laughs> in elementary schools, you know, we've got two kiddos who are mm-hmm. fidgety and wiggly, and I don't have to sign consents. I wasn't addressed. I wasn't told about the fact that, um, which, I mean, by all means, lead the charge, do the things you need to do to make people more productive. Right. Both of our kids were assigned fidget chairs or wiggle chairs mm-hmm. the bottom's curved yeah. so they sit on it they can wiggle they can move they can you know work out joints and different energies and things like that so why is it so easy and okay to offer an accommodation to a kiddo to yeah. help them be more productive and focus better but we make our veterans jump through <coughs> umpteen hoops and dive through all these different things and mounds of paperwork in order to get them an exercise ball or a straight back chair right. or a standing desk. Like, why do we have to go through all of these things simply because they had to check the box that said, I'm a veteran. Right. Now they're typecast and they're labeled <laughs> instead of just saying mm-hmm. like any other, anybody else, you know, I've worked in places where I brought in my own exercise ball and it was, mm-hmm. I'm a fidgeter. I like to wiggle. Right. Um, and it wasn't questioned. I didn't have to have paperwork signed. I didn't have to have prescriptions for doctor's notes. So if we can do these things for our kiddos to make them focus better and be more productive, if, regular civilians can do these things, then why are we labeling our folks and making them go through all these different rigamen roles to get what in my mind's eye is a simple fix? Exactly. And like you said, especially if you can do that without the parent's consent, then why are we going through all of this process just to do that? And especially because a lot of these accommodations, they don't cost a lot. So I understand in some ways that you're trying to either account for it from a facilities perspective or you're trying to, you know, inventory or expenses or things like that. But they're very low cost things. And you're actually spending a ton of man hour, man hours and manpower to even process the paperwork to say, yeah, just give the guy a bouncy ball. It's not a big right. deal. Right. <laughs> and you're with your to stand up and <laughs> right. Yes. You know, shift his weight from one leg to the other, one foot to the other to alleviate joint pain or just to wiggle and not get stiff. Things like I just mm-hmm. I, I can't wrap my brain around the logic. I can't either. And I that kind of brings me, I guess, to my next thought when I when I think about veterans in the workplace is reasonable expectations and how there are things just so segregated and so um, labeled and all of that kind of stuff when it comes to reasonable expectations. Like I have a, my friends, one of of my close friends, husbands had a major incident and he had pain in his hips. He had multiple surgeries. God love him. I mean, he, he fought a war on the, as much health wise when he got home as he did when he was abroad. And he was hired into a company that was supposed to be veteran friendly. And he was then, you know, he said, I've got hip issues, but you know, everything's good. Obviously all mental faculties were all there together and they were scheduling really, really long meetings really long meetings and we're in the you know covid time frame and everybody's working from home you're on camera things like that and in his annual review was had major points discounted because he was told he's fidgety he walks around too much he takes his uh camera off all of that kind of stuff because he's in two three four hour long meetings and no one seems to care anymore about the fact that he said when he came in, I have pain in my hips and sitting for really long periods of time is extraordinarily painful. Like, why is that so difficult? 
Right. You know, and there's, then to be like, oh, be. it's because he's a veteran or it's because he's this or he's this. Like, you don't have to slap a label on it. You can just say long meetings are not the best for this person. Mm-hmm. Well, and some, and, I mean, people in general, a lot of folks, you know, you never, former athletes, folks like this too, they also yeah. have, or people who work out hard and intense, they've got arthritis or joint issues or people are predisposed yep. because of, you know, X, Y, and Z reasons. So why are our, why do we have to label it and set just why are they treated so differently because they have to check a box on their application? Yep. That's the part that's so frustrating is why are we typecasting and putting these folks in a box and making them go through a hundred different things and over a million different hurdles after they've already been through God knows what. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just be people and treat people like people? And it's, it's just frustrating because some of the things seem like super easy fixes yeah, like that, a comment, allow for fun. What, there are people that haven't been or haven't served and haven't been blown up that they get fidgety. If you, you mean people's attention span, you sit still for far too long and sometimes you kind of start mm-hmm. to check out. So I'm going to stand up in the back of the room so that I can move my legs about, get my blood flowing and still focus. Right. So why is that acceptable for them? But it's, it's just a frustrating angle, I think. It is. It is. It's extremely frustrating. And then I guess the bigger piece is to be like, yes, 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 we're veteran friendly. Yes, absolutely. And then to give someone points off for the things they already said. I already told you this. You already know that. <clears throat> and at least me from a management perspective, I personally just, it, it goes back to like, get to know your employees. Get to know the people mm-hmm. on your team. Get to know the te- your team members left, right, and center of you. And ask them, like, be a human. I Like, we're, this is the theme mm-hmm. running through this whole thing. Like, be a human. Be a normal person. And don't, like, oh, now I have to go to this forum because they're a veteran. <laughs> you know, like, right. just be a normal human. Just be a fucking person. And, right. and I'm... One, yeah. one, one point I definitely would like to touch <laughs> on is I don't... I don't want to say, like... A lot of the times folks hear someone's a veteran and they're like, they have to be handled with kit gloves. They're, you mm-hmm. know, they're, they're super temperamental or there's this, there's this, there are all these stereotypes for our veterans. There are people who are temperamental that haven't ever served. So the fact mm-hmm. that you want to treat somebody differently and isolate them strictly because they check that box and I'm, you're in management, you see the difference. And I'm sure a lot of your folks too appreciate, I mean, I've seen you talk to folks across the board, your veterans, me, for example. I mean, you're just like, hey, what can I do to help you function better in your job? What mm-hmm. do you need from me? Like, why do we, I, and don't get me wrong, I do understand being respectful and saying, hey, you might yep. have yep. extra things <laughs> that help you function better. But instead of saying you're sure. a veteran, what do you need to do your job better? Just as a person to person, what can I do to help you function better? Yes, you know, why exactly. Do we have to smack a label on it, like you said. A hundred percent. And I mean, I have a person on my team that uh, when we travel, I always make sure when we get there that he has a floor or a hotel room on the top floor because he's just stated at some point in passing and it wasn't, it's just something I took on board. It wasn't like, I was like, tell me more about that. You know, like (laughs) just took it on board that loud noises above him is a, it's scary. It sounds like, you know, especially when you're being woken up out of a dead sleep, it sounds like a, a time in the past where that thing meant, that kind of sound meant impending danger. Imminent danger. Meant, like, mm-hmm. Oh, yes, imminent danger. And so just from a person-to-person standpoint, I want him to be comfortable. But I also know that if you're not sleeping when you're on the road, you're already in a strange place where, you know, people are already, even normal 
I don't want to say normal people, but non-veterans, people that have never served, people that wouldn't have Civilian, a reason yeah. to necessarily be anxious when hearing a loud noise in the night would be anxious about hearing a loud noise in the night. And it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility to just like take care of your people, take care of the people on your team, take care of the people around you and just ask the lady for a room on the top floor. Like it's not hard. Right. Well, and I feel like some of our veterans too have, um, are predisposed, they're predisposed to anxiety about applications or new roles or new jobs because they know checking that box, sometimes they're going to be handled differently or they're going to be spoken to differently because they had to Mm -hmm. check that box instead of just being talked to like a person. Well, now I'm either checking a box so that they can get tax kickbacks or I'm checking a box so that they Mm -hmm. can hit their X amount of percentage of veterans so that we can be veteran friendly businesses, or I have to check this box so that they handle me more delicately. Like I I know, I mean, there's sometimes there's an anxiety sometimes that goes into or an overthought or you have to over kind of analyze whenever you have to disclose that this person is a veteran. It's like, well, if I do Mm -hmm. this, this is going to automatically shift the focus instead of talking to me as person to person. Now there's, Oh, now they're going to need special accommodations or now they're going to want this, or now I'm going to have to do this Mm -hmm. in my business. And that shouldn't be an issue either. They should be proud to wear that badge of honor. I mean, they've, we should put them on a pedestal and say, Hey, what can I do to roll out the red carpet to make you comfortable (laughs) to work here, to make you more productive? You've literally given, or we're willing to give life and limb. What can I do on Mm -hmm. your daily nine to five or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, what can I do to make it more comfortable for you now in this role after all you've done for us here? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I I I mean, and don't even get started on the political climate as far as, you know, where people may sit when they see that. And it's like no one gives a shit about your politics because no matter who is sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, they're still out there following the orders and it does not matter. So be thankful that you're not out there toting, you know, a gun or whatever because you decided to live your path. But don't discount or poo-poo or worse, anyone that did decide to have civil service at the top of their mind and to give that time of their life. And then now they're, you know, coming back into your organization. And if to allow you the if liberties. this is your first, yes, right. and it's to allow you to li- the liberties to be a shitty boss, you know, like exactly. you don't, don't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> think about, you know, don't take any of that stuff for granted because this is, they're literally making this America where you can have the freedoms, where you can do all of these things. And we really need to keep that gratitude and respect at the forefront of our minds and continue to treat people with respect and be humans. Absolutely. hundred percent. So, yeah. So even like with that, like you said, if when there's checking the box, I think that you really need to, when you have veterans on your team, lean into their purpose and lean into what they do and bring to the table to get that performance. You know, I have, I have one person that um, he is former special forces and phenomenal. Oh my God. He can make friends with a stop sign. And (laughs) I just, he's like, I tell him he's like my fire and forget. And I tell him this is what I need and don't micromanage because his whole purpose was literally to like, 
jump out of God knows what, land God knows where, and go figure it out and go do the mission and bring back the requirement, right? Bring back the, uh, yes, I mission complete, right? So we always joke that I'm like, I need scrambled eggs. I don't care how you make them go figure it out. And I just need scrambled eggs. And he's like, I got you, you know, like don't micromanage (laughs) that person lean into the fact that they have had all these years of training in doing that. And you will get so much more performance out of someone that just lean into their skills. What did you do in the military? What did you do, you know, with this kind of thing? And I think we were talking before my, my sister has a gentleman that works for her and he was an inspector. And him being an inspector, she's very well aware, and I, I commend her for how she uh, runs her team as well. And she's been very upfront, like, I don't have him go do break-fix testing, because breaking things to him means very bad things. <laughs> you know, like, he's not going to thrive well in a role where you're telling him to intentionally break stuff, right? But he is the person that you want on the team in that same implementation doing all of the process writing. And making sure that everyone can check the box to safely deliver whatever that outcome is, whether it's a process, getting someone a medication, getting someone a food tray, you know, whatever that is that you are following everything to the letter. He's the person in that role. Lean into his purpose and his previous training to get that performance and put him in the right seat on the bus, if you will, on your team and not, you know, where you're constantly fighting to make them something they're not. And that goes with anybody, but especially someone who's had career long training in some type of specialty, lean into that. Well, I think you've touched on it before or planning on to like do a whole Mm -hmm. conversation about it in the future is using your strengths strategically. So as a project manager, as a team leader, you can identify those folks that have those massive strengths from their experience what they've endured, their stress management, their emotional management, Mm -hmm. all of these things. And you can absolutely, I don't want to say build a place for them on the team, but you can put them in the right place to where Mm -hmm. they're leaning into their strengths from their experience, the things that they've gone through. And then, of course, every human in general needs to have purpose. Like people in general are purpose driven. So you put somebody mm-hmm. in a position where they can capitalize on their strengths, then they're absolutely going to do amazing things. They're going to flourish. They're going to, they're going to yes. thrive. So if you lean into the strengths and you place them strategically, you can't help, but it's a win-win. Your team and your project yes. ultimately come out better for it. The person in that role feels fulfilled and like they're doing all of the things and more Mm -hmm. because they're confident in their ability. Right. And so they're absolutely confident in what they're doing. They're comfortable with it. They're contributing. They're being hundred percent. And so it's just using strength strategically. And so one thing I wanted to ask you about to kind of roll into the next topic too, is as a project manager and a team leader, how do you, or what can you do? What do you do that helps make a comfort zone, like build camaraderie and build, how do you build that teamwork? What do you lean into to make it real cohesive? I think it's everything comes down to trust. Every person wants to be trusted. And especially I do work with a ton of veterans and they were trusted and like back to back, side to side, trusted brother to brother to be each other's left and right hand to make sure that both of them, you know, that they made it home. And so they need to be trusted 
the worst thing that you can do, and it happens with any team, but especially if you have those that have served on your team, the worst thing you can do is micromanage and not and show signs of distrust. Because then you're a lot of that, you know, forged by fire is built with that camaraderie. And that's where I feel like actually is the place where there is the most alienation is where you're not building high bars of requirements that you're allowing crappy behavior within your teams, low expectations, people to not trust each other or worse, backstabby, gross politics within your team. And that is, I feel like that's one of the fastest ways that you can run somebody who's a truly good, solid soul off your team, served or not, but definitely if they have, because they are used to, like I said, being each other's right and left hand, and it does mean life and limb. And uh-huh. when you allow that toxicity in your organization and inside your small, intimate teams, you're going to have that, like, what am I doing? You, it breeds those feelings of, I don't belong here. Maybe I can't thrive outside of the military. Maybe I don't actually, like, work well in civilian life. Maybe I should. The only place I should be is in a war zone. Yeah, I've, I've heard all of those things from people that I've worked with on other teams or in the past. And it was one of the most heartbreaking and frustrating things to see and hear is that the corporate culture is failing those that have allowed us to be in this position because we're not having that same strong leadership, that same extremely high bar, that same respect and trust for one another and looking out for those in our charge, the same that they would expect in their own teams, because it truly does mean whether we go home or not. Oh, absolutely. I think too, speaking on what, or, you know, kind of adding on to what you're talking about, diving in, I feel like a lot of folks mistake candor for brash brutality, essentially. But I think, I mean, it's such a environment of calling a spade a spade. Like you don't Mm -hmm. have time to bullshit around and Mm -hmm. tiptoe around feelings and I'm going to be gentle and I'm going to snuggle bug while I tell you, you messed something up. It's more like, dude, you jacked this shit up. Like, how do we fix it? Or quit screwing around. Let's get to it. And so I think too, a lot of the times folks, and you don't have to be a veteran to have candor either, but I feel like too, a lot of the times by, again, by checking that box, whenever they're a spade is a spade. This is what I'm mm-hmm. seeing. And this is the problem. This is the solution. Let's get it done. A lot of the time yeah. that's insensitive. And right. I don't feel like that's entirely fair either. We've bred such a culture of like, let's tiptoe around, let's yes. coddle, let's babysit oh, and yes. snuggle and love and talk it out. No, no. Why can't we just say, this is a problem you've created. Mm-hmm. Find me a solution and let's get it fixed without it being labeled insensitive, brash, yeah. Unfriendly. And where what would be insensitive and brash is efficient. Like I, I have, we were, we were on a project and I was actually in the backseat because I was, I was the least important person there. <laughs> My team members are driving and they're both former soft and special forces. And they, I was just like, I'm a learning nerd anyway, especially when it comes to adult learning. And I was just again, like, talk, please speak more to each other because they were Say talking the about, you know, they're just kind of, yeah, it's just like kind of idle chit chat. And then we come up to a roundabout and he goes in the six, out the nine, same for the next three things, the same for the next rotations. And I was like, 
wow. And he goes, what, what's wow? And I was like, you, in those few words, you just gave him the directions for the next mile and a half. Yep. Like, I guess to me, I was just like, that to me is so cool. Like, why would we be, you don't have to be so fluffy. You don't have to have so many words just in the six, out the nine, same for the next three rotations. Mm -hmm. Like, it can be very nuts and bolts. And it can be, honestly, very funny. There's someone on my team, I'm like, hey, where are we with this? Or can we do this? And I get, fuck no, Sarge. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Next, yeah. Can we find it? Can we find a different plan? <laughs> like, so I mean, it's just like, why does it have to be words, very, words, words, fluff, fluff, yes. fluff? Here's the point. Why can't you just say, uh-huh. "Here's my point"? Yeah. Right. Not gonna work. Okay, Kurt. Cool. Can you find me scrambled eggs? Yes, I can. Great. Go find me scrambled eggs. <laughs> Tell me when you've got it done. You know. So, like, I mean, it can just it, there can be levity to this. It doesn't have to be this weird alienation. Oh, they're going to be mean. Oh, they're mad. They're this. They're that. They're, a lot of, like I said, a lot of the frustration comes from just blatant stupidity and the fact that. And, and it is supercharged, I will say. It is supercharged because that low bar, that mistrust, that does equal death in many of those environments. Oh, and absolutely. It, it is frustrating when, when you're not seeing people holding themselves to that high bar. Why aren't you protecting each other? Why aren't you working together? Why are you out to get each other? You know, like, divide and conquer is a thing. If you are not taking care of each other, anything that you're trying to take on is going to beat you. So I can absolutely see the frustration, especially the real world and true impact of it when it means flags going home and things like that. And then they try to become come into the workplace and see us fiddle fucking around and being rude to each other and things like that. Uh, Yeah, I'd be pissed, too. Mm -hmm. Especially after coming from such like an extreme, high, highly efficient, super functional brass tacks. Mm -hmm environment into let's body da let's figure this out and then water cooler gossip after we just in a meeting we're like hey everybody's great everything's fantastic everybody's being productive everybody's being fantastic and around the water cooler you're like can you believe joe schmo can't do anything on his own and he's Mm -hmm. not worth jack shit and this that and the other and you're like wait a minute why didn't we just call a spade a spade when we were all together and say hey joe schmo you're not doing jack shit what can we do to help yes Yes, but that's insensitive and brash. Where I, I mean, I've never served. It's taking but care I of those like around you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, what one of my favorite books, and it's like shameless plug, right? One of my favorite books is Ra- uh, Radical Candor, Kim Scott, Radical Candor, and she's talking about just ha- care enough to tell people the truth care enough to actually give the feedback that's required. And I think that what is often misconstrued as anger or any of that is care because they have such a heart, not only for civil service, for us to be home and warm in our beds, not being shot at, but also care side to side, man to man, person to person on the team and such a frustration for why others don't care as much as they do. And I think it's so often twisted around and made to be something it's absolutely not when it's just a lot of care. And I, I, mm-hmm. I often joke with my team. I'm like, you soft guys are the biggest, like hard on the sleeve, like big feels <laughs> yeah. and just oh, amazing own, yeah. souls. Yeah. 
my own personal experience. Like I, I have learned mm-hmm. very much that the very hard, very fast, very straightforward that seems rough and brash around the edges. Like if I look at it a little bit deeper, we're being super efficient and highly functional and effective to get to a protective state, mm-hmm. to provide what we need, to offer what we want. Like it's, it's such a focus and it's a mission. Like I'm going to make my family happy and feel safe and mm-hmm. feel stable and feel comfortable. I may not all, he may, I mean, it always get the fluff and cuddle and happy and, Oh, are you good? What do you need? How are you feeling? It's, I've heard it. I see it. I'm going to get it done. Very much an act of service. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Very much an act of service. And so I kind of had to learn that, you know what I mean? Like it's not the, the straightforward and to the point isn't anything against me. Like it's still an outpouring of love. It's just a different approach. It's highly functional, highly efficient. Very effective. Right now. I got you. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. You're good. Don't worry about it. I got you taken care of. You're going to be good all as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then I, all I heard was be quiet. Let me do what I need to do. I've got this. (laughs) But then when I look at it, I realize, sorry, but what it really boiled down to is then when it was all said, it's like, Oh, you did hear. Thanks. Like that's, Mm -hmm. I get it. You know what I mean? But it, it, it was a learning curve, but I just think if people, like you've mentioned before, if humans were human and people were people and mm-hmm. took the time to yes. invest and say, you're not, let me, I mean, first of all, you're not going to get a whole lot of detail from a veteran up front. Like yeah. sorry, they're going to survey the scene. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're going to survey the scene. They're going to make sure it's safe zone before they start to divulge anything. Right. But brass tacks, what do you need? What, what can I do to make this better and comfortable? What can I make do to make you comfortable? Like you have to establish a foundation. Let's grow through it. Like I'll tell you, my husband and I disliked each other greatly. When we first mm-hmm. met, we worked together and that's how we met. Yeah. But it was because our communication was different. And mm-hmm. then once we realized we weren't on opposite ends, we just had different approaches. I was like, Hey, you're not so bad. He was like, you're not so bad. And then like we became each other's support system to say we were in two different mm-hmm. fields. I mean, we we're in the same field, but two different ends of the spectrum right. that generally mm-hmm. clashed all the time. But then we we're like, well, we're each other's advocate. Like I get what you're saying. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. Why are we unhappy with one another? Like, it's just, right. and that's any relationship. It doesn't have to be a civilian and a veteran. It can be any relationship anywhere. Communication, like we've talked about before is pivotal in anything that you do. And so yeah. if we just be a human and talk to people like they're people and not worry about that checked box on an application or a resume, I feel like we can get down to the, to the nitty gritty a lot faster mm-hmm. and make a comfortable zone and team atmosphere yeah. for everybody involved a lot faster. Well, and I don't blame anyone, especially a veteran where everything has been life and limb to not get annoyed with idle bullshit, stupid processes, mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord knows they have enough of those in the government. Yes. <laughs> like we've done it, right? Um, but stupid processes and just chit chat and backstabby and like I, I understand why you have no patience for it, and I applaud not having patience for it because it's not needed anywhere. So why would we entertain it rather than being like, "Ew, don't you know, take your anger elsewhere"? Hey, that's efficiency. We should take more on that. You know, we should lean more again, lean into that purpose, lean into those talents and innate care that they're showing and make your team, make your workplace better. Oh, absolutely. Um, Any team then, with, once, 
with any team okay. at this point too, just knowing what I know, like, and knowing what I've experienced, mm -hmm. like once you build that foundation and you have a healthy working relationship, like give me a whole team of them. Like they're, Oh yeah. Right. Talking about leaning into strengths. I mean, super efficient brass tacks. You don't have to worry about dancing around and wasting time. Very productive, very goal oriented, very task focused. Um, and I know they'll have my back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm going to have their back, you mm -hmm. know, and it's, that's just one of those things. Like you, you build a healthy team and it's, it's one of the safest places that, and the best part too, is if you have a problem, you know, you can address them and say, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> yes. What in the actual hell is going on with you? <laughs> yes. We ought to be like, Hey, okay, let's have a conversation. And this dude, what the hell? What's going right. on? Like, lay it on me. You're, it's fine. Let's just, you know, this isn't the time to now start being PC. Let's like, what did I do? Why are you pissed at me? Let's figure yeah, it out. Let's just, yeah, let's just talk let's about talk it. Talk it out. Let's get to the, the yeah. <laughs> yes. And I, I think you also need to, like I said, with everybody on your team, you need to pay attention to the whole human. You need to match career progression and they may have, they've come to you in a lot of times with a whole career. So oh, lean into that career progression. And then where do you want to go? And that's, you know, very, again, radical candor type of t keeping your team and looking after your team. But where do you want to be? If you, like we talked about before with my next job, if you want to at some point own an alpaca farm, okay, great. What did you do to date that gave you the skills? What <laughs> would give you more skills to own said alpaca farm? Don't, don't even think I haven't heard that. That's real. <laughs> so I want to hear that. If you want to own the point. alpaca farm, oh yeah. If you want to own an alpaca farm and you're currently a web developer, we have some skills to add. <laughs> You're going to need a few more things to successfully run said alpaca farm. Um, so, but like bring that whole person through. What did you learn to date? What can I teach you now while you're here? How can we take care of each other while we're in each other's presence, in each other's charge? And then how can I send you on to the next phase of life with more skills to achieve your dreams? I think that should be management philosophy 101. But I mm -hmm. believe absolutely for the people that have been overseas fighting for you to do what you do here, war again, warm in your bed, not being shot at, not speaking, you know, any other language because we're Americans, right? Um, <laughs> that we take care of them. And again, with all employees, but absolutely those that have fought for you, send them on to the next phase or they'll be, stay with you for however long, but send them on to the next phase to achieve their dreams and goals with more skills than they came to you at. And I feel like one of the biggest like punctuating last remarks kind of thing I know we're kind of wrapping this up is pay people what they're worth all don't people undervalue worth, yeah but do not undervalue your veterans your veterans have been on the government pay scale they've been a GS whatever or you know whatever the MOS class is and it is a strict pay scale but that does not mean that's what they're worth it means what the government can pay them for that job 
So I, I mean, I've had career counseling with some previous veterans and I had one gentleman, he was telling me about this job and it was super specialized and he'd been to all the right schools and it was external. It was not inside the military. And he was the only person that had done, been to nuclear this and EOD that and all kinds of stuff. And he's, I asked him how much it, it paid and he's like, yeah, it, it, it pays 82,000. And I paused and I said, are you sure it doesn't say 182,000? Because for that much specialization, it had better come with three digits before that comma. Because we need to make sure that you are being paid for all of those skills that you come to this job with. Yes, you literally lost limbs, you know, literally gave so much to get those, but you have the there's only such a small population. If it's that specialized of a job, they can figure out how to fill it with money. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I, that is one of the other big pieces that I think is just very much overlooked is just because someone did make some so much amount of money on the government pay scale is not what it means to be making that in the government in the marketplace today. And you need to match whatever that is. And if that means it's a huge ass raise. Great. Give it all day. Giving raises is personally one of my favorite things to do. But <laughs> I, I mean, really pay people what they're worth just because it's what they asked for. That's a cop out. Just because it's what they asked for. That's that means it's that's what they know. That's what they think that they, they've been told that they're worth because that's what the government job or pay scale pays for that role. It does not mean that external amongst all the other civilians that have similar or even less training that it's worth that amount of money. Absolutely. And I get that you're running a business too, and you want to try to yes. save the bottom line where you can, but you don't want to be blatantly insulting either by yeah. not being a human. I mean, flip it, be on the other side of the table. If mm -hmm. I were in this role and I brought all of these qualities and qualifications to the table, would I be happy accepting this only to find out later that either my predecessor or the next person in line was going to make X. Like mm -hmm. when you talk about trust and building a health, you know, a healthy team and things like that, when the person that you hired at the baseline rate finds out predecessor made X or was willing to offer this to the next folk, yep. how are they think? I mean, what do you think is going to happen in that mindset yeah. too? Like you paid this, yeah. you were willing to pay this, but you met me here because of my previous baseline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't value me enough or you saw an opportunity to yes. try to slip by or skate by and you're using me as a scapegoat. You don't truly value my experience, where I've come from, what I am, who I am as a no. human because yes. you saw bottom line. Yes. And I, I think that's gross because you can say, oh, my pay band is say 100 to 150 and this person is saying, well, I'd like to make 75 and you're like, sold. Well, right. Okay, yes, you, quote, gave them what they asked for, yet they are still at least $125,000, if not double, you know, underpaid to any other peers, like you said, predecessors, or even side to side. Somebody next to them could be making a whole lot more, and you're like, well, I gave them what they asked for. Like, no, yeah. uh, no, 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 no. That's a cop-out, and that's just rude. And I, no, I don't think that that is how we should treat our people at all. And I definitely don't think that that's how you should treat your veterans, knowing that they came from a lower pay scale and that that's what they should be worth. No, absolutely not. Absolutely so not. just be human. I mean, be kind. Just Kindness be human. Is magic. Just be a person. 
a human. Take care of our humans around us um, and definitely those that have served. Um, so that is our biggest takeaway. We are forever grateful for all of our veterans, for those that have served, for those that have given the ultimate sacrifice, um, and for keeping our freedoms and our safeties here at home. Thank you very much for all of your service, and we will come back to you next week. And Thank we you so much. You. Bye. How do I make it? Love you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye, y'all. Bye.